Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, joining us now on the show, we haven't had a chance to talk to him in about three months. But I'll tell you what, I've had him on more recently than I've gotten a haircut. I got a haircut today. Much like uh, my hair timing, I get four a year, seasonal, summer, spring, winter, fall. And I get Richard Deitch on from The Athletic, their media critic, four times a year, summer, spring, winter, fall. He was up for his last appearance. I missed my last haircut, but I'm clean cut today. So I'll talk to the clean cut Richard Deitch from The Athletic and uh, 590 The Game up in Toronto right now here on CBS Sports Radio. How you staying, uh, staying safe north of the border there, Richard? Uh, first of all, Jody, always good to have my quarterly appearance with you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Canada for its flaws is a, is a relatively sane country. So, um, so yeah, we're, you know, like everyone else in the States, we, uh, we're certainly dealing with COVID-19 and it's changed our lives immeasurably, you know, a hundred plus days now for me at home with little kids, which is not recommended <laughs> for anyone. Uh, but, uh, but we're hanging in, knock on wood, everybody, everybody in my immediate family here is healthy. So that's the important thing. How'd you do with the homeschooling? I am so uh, glad that my daughter just graduated from college and I had nothing to do with that. Cause I would have been a unique failure. How have you done there, professor? Well, like, I mean, they're more familiar with Netflix than they are with multiplication. <laughs> so that's pretty much explain. See, basically the, the only and I, any parent out there can understand uh, where I'm coming from. Essentially, the parenting motto in this household has been survive in advance. It's like the NCAA tournament. Survive in advance literally every day since March. And, you know, I am praying that school starts again in the fall. Um, where does my optimism stand on that? You know, like everyone else in the world, 50-50. But uh, it has given me, uh, you know, I'm the son of a teacher, so I always had respect for teachers. But, this, excuse me, this has... This has given me so much more respect uh, for for teachers, particularly teachers of young kids. It's just, it's just, it is a hard, hard job to uh, to teach little kids things to keep them focused. So, yeah, I mean, we're trying to stay sane, Jody, but uh, but it is it is a daily challenge. I'm not going to lie. I tip my cap to both you and your wife, and I think there will be a newfound respect for teachers going forward, which is going Hope to be. So. A very good thing for the future. All right. One Toronto question, and we'll get into all the media stuff. I did read today that the Blue Jays have not yet committed to where they're going to play their games yet this year. 
that Toronto is testing less than lots of cities and teams uh, that the Blue Jays are scheduled to play, but the restrictions for crossing the border could make it more difficult uh, and not worth the effort to do so, and that they are potentially considering playing, since it's going to be no fans, in their spring home, which is Dunedin, Florida, which, oh, by the way, is not great. Uh, that co- The Gulf Coast of Florida's got a whole bunch of positive tests these days, including Blue Jays training there, Phillies training right down in Clearwater, Yankees over in Tampa. What's going to happen? Where's Toronto going to play their baseball games this year? Uh, listen, very big story up here. No good choices for the Blue Jays. Um, they're going to make a decision this weekend. The likelihood is they're going to head to Dunedin, and here's why. The Canadian government, uh, for your listeners who don't know, closed the border a long time ago. And anyone who crosses over the border has to, essentially by mandate, quarantine, self-quarantine themselves for 14 days. So that's the biggest issue when it comes to the Blue Jays. Of course, just think about it. You schedule games. A team goes to Toronto. A team can't, can't, can't quarantine itself for 14 days if they're scheduled to play the Blue Jays the next day. Uh, the Blue Jays have asked the government for special dispensation. It hasn't come yet. It might, but it hasn't come yet. And the Blue Jays are ultimately going to have to make a decision very, very quickly. This is just my guess, Jody. I don't think they're going to get any kind of sort of special dispensation for the government to have teams coming in and out. So my prediction is that they're going to end up playing in Dunedin. Like you said, that is not a particularly great option given uh, the rising cases of COVID-19 in Florida. But I think right now that's the that's the Blue Jays' only option. Buffalo is their AAA team. That's not going to be an option. So it's either Dunedin or Toronto. And my guess is it would be Dunedin, though no doubt everybody in the Blue Jays organization wants to stay in Toronto for obvious reasons. It just it would make their life very much, much easier. Yeah, that is uh, a story we will be keeping a close eye on. All right, broadcast side, NBA, MLB, NHL are going to attempt to start up within the next several weeks, month at the outset uh, for some of the uh, sports. And they will be broadcasting games. A lot on the national side, but some, at least the NBA, with the uh, local for the eight games lead up to the playoffs, the playing and the like. And these games are going to be broadcast by announcers sitting in studios in their home towns with no fans in the stands. How is that difficult, more easy? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to sound like? You got any grasp on this going into it? Listen, all good questions. Um, and you are correct. The, the, certainly those eight, play, you know, I'll, I'll call them playing games, probably not the right term for it, but the eight return to. You know, the, the, the games before, let's, let's take the MLB, I'm sorry, let's take uh, the NBA to start with. The games prior to whatever the playoffs are, uh, local announcers will be calling in from their local city, whether it's their home, whether it's a studio, that probably would depend on, um, you know, how open those particular cities are. It's a significant challenge. Um, you know, there are a lot of broadcasters, Jody, who have never done it. They've never called games remotely away from the arena. And these broadcasts have significant decisions to make in terms of, you know, what do you do about audio, which is really the most important thing. They're going to pick up a feed, sort of like the equivalent of a world feed, like for the Olympics or the World Cup from the NBA. So, you know, though the cameras and the action will be taken care of, although local affiliates won't have much of a, you know, won't have much of a choice in terms of the, in terms of the images, but. Um, you know, these local affiliates are going to have to sort of make some decisions on sort of how they think it will 
sound. In terms of the broadcast and the mechanics, I think it's going to be a little clunky at first, but then I think as some of these broadcasters get used to you know, calling games off a monitor, things will get a little bit better, but it's very awkward. You don't have the crowd to react to. Um, you can't see anything outside of what's going on on that monitor, so you're a little bit limited. And then in terms of, let's just take again, NBA, as you hit the playoffs, eventually I think the ESPN announcers and the Turner announcers will be on site. That might not happen until the conference finals. You know, Maybe they'll, they'll open it up for the, the, the round before the conference finals, but that's, that's what's going to happen. MLB, I think, is still working through a lot of their stuff. There's some talk the radio road announcers may be allowed to travel, although I think they're still working on that. But again, sort of same issues. You know, with the national announcers, if they're not live in the in the park, you know, how, what do you do with audio? The if you if you are a soccer fan, my advice to you would be if you whatever you've seen with the Premier League and with the Bundesliga, some of that could be transferred over to our traditional North American sports where they've piped in crowd noise and where um, you know the announcers are sort of trying to figure out like what works for them away from the game site. But this is this is not going to be easy. And then lastly, Joey, I did talk to Mike Breen about calling the NBA Finals with no crowd. And, you know, he talked about the challenges of it. For one thing, they won't be on the floor. They'll be about 15 rows up. There'll be social distance. So, and Jody, you've been in ballparks and boots before. Uh, Mike Breen will be away from Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. So, you know, your eye contact is different. You can't touch the guy, which a lot of times broadcasters will do. You know, sometimes you'll tap your broadcast partner on the arm or something like that to point out a play. A lot of these guys at the highest level have spotters, and a lot of the spotters will point to something. Like in Jim Nance and Tony Romo have spotters. Uh, the spotters will point to a number on a chart, like meaning sometimes like this is the person who made the tackle. That stuff's all gone. So, so much of broadcast, Jody, is going to be a bit of a uh, – um, you know, sort of a brave new world. They're, they're, for the most part, they're really going to do a lot of trial and error, and they're going to try to figure it out as things go on. And if you're talking about the NBA returning and broadcasters like Mike Breen doing games and stuff, everybody wants to know, Charles, Shaq, Kenny, are they going back into the TNT studio? Are they going to try and do a show like Jimmy Fallon does every night from his home? Uh, how is uh, TNT's coverage of the NBA going to be affected by this? This is good. So one, ESPN's in a better position for that, Jody, because they'll – two reasons. One, they have a lot of people who are actually working in Bristol right now, so they have access to studios. So you can do an NBA studio show from Bristol. You can do an NBA studio show from Los Angeles because ESPN is going there. And then finally, the Disney uh, setup in Orlando does have its own studio. So in theory, um, let's say it's you know Jalen Rose, uh, Maria Taylor, slash Rachel Nichols, Paul Pierce. In theory, they could all go to Orlando and do the studio shows there. Whether they want to quarantine Jody for three months or whatever, I don't know. So that's sort of that. Turner, my guess is, and this is just a guess, I think Turner will do shows from their houses until maybe we get to the conference final, and then they'll make a decision as to how Atlanta is and how travel is. And then, you know, Barkley, Shaq, Ernie, well, Ernie's already in Georgia. Barkley, um, Shaq, Kenny will make a decision in terms of if they want to travel. But I would think initially they will not be in Georgia. And by the way, I don't know this. It's a good question. I will eventually report it. But my instincts tell me that 
they're not going to, I think, put their talent to travel because that's a once a week thing. Um, I think if they're going to do that, I think they'll sort of make it worth their while and just do it for the for the conference finals. I don't expect Turner to be on site at the finals the way they've often been for NBA TV. Um, you know, doing those post game shows. So, um, so the Turner coverage, you know, they'll have to figure it out like everybody else. Sort of, how does it work with um, having cameras in people's houses? That is a great show. I think they will. You know, they'll still be fun. They'll, it'll still be enjoyable, but it will be different. It's a very, very different show if you know Ernie, Shaq, Charles, and Kenny are not are not next to each other. Right. Um, so all these, you know, all these sports. Um, in the broadcast element is going to be really tricky. Here's the one to watch, and this is the interesting one to me. So far, the NFL continues to go sort of full steam, like here's our schedule, we're going to play. You know, Yes, we're going to take health and safety provisions, but we expect to have crowds. You know, We expect to have our broadcast in each of these stadiums. That's the interesting one to me, because I think there's still a presumption by the NFL that come September they're going to be able to play. You know, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know what the world's going to be in September. If somehow some of these cities that the NFL plays in continue to be hotspots, continue, cases continue to rise, that becomes a really, really interesting situation when it comes to National Football League broadcasts and, and what they'll do. Um, and I don't know if they have sort of have a second plan yet in terms of calling games like from a studio in New York or something like that. You know, the NFL, Jody, is so much of uh, so much of what drives that sport is television. So just the yeah. idea that uh, Nance Romo and Collinsworth Michaels would not be on site, man, that's just a man, that's a weird sort of thought. But they may have to think about that, Jody. You know, I mean the if cases continue to go up, if we get a second wave as some of these epidemiologists uh, predict, um, you know, I <laughs> If you're Al Michaels, you're 70 years old. You want to go into harm's way in some in some city and quarantine yourself for a couple of days. I, to me, if you're if safety in, is your uh, driver for your employees, I, I don't know how you I don't know how you send a guy like that into a you know into a situation like that. No, here's an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it of you anyway, um, which I don't know the answer to, and I don't know if you do. But if you don't, just please say I don't know. If they have to do it, if the N- if the NHL, uh, excuse me, if the NFL is going to realize we can't do on-site locations, we're going to have to do all broadcast work from studios. Do they have enough studios? On a given week, CBS has got to cover eight games, nine games. Fox eight games, nine games. Do they have that much? studio availability with still the ability to social distance their announcers just to cover all the games. They do. Yeah. They, the, the announcers, the, the, what that becomes a situation in is you'd have, you'll have to, you'd have to make a decision as an organization. Do you send you, do, do you, do you create some kind of um, setup where Al Michaels has a monitor in his house? Chris Collinsworth has a monitor in his house. And you just sort of call the game that way. If you make the decision, and again, this involves travel and stuff like that. If you make a decision that we're going to be comfortable sending our guys um, to our New York offices or studios, then yeah. Like the CBS Broadcast Center in New York has more than enough studios where they could pull this off. Fox's Los Angeles studios, more than enough. ESPN, obviously, one game, more than enough. NBC's Broadcast Studios in Stanford, more than enough. All these... Facilities have multiple, multiple 
um, sort of uh, studio setups in those places where they could do it. But that, Jody, that paradigm gets back to my initial issue, which would be, are you going to send Al Michaels across the country every week to do this game? Are you going to send Nance from Pebble Beach to go to New York and Romo from Dallas to go to New York to do it? Maybe they do it. You know, maybe they fly private and maybe they, you know, they mask up and they quarantine themselves as best as possible. But, you know, the reality is you are asking a lot of employees to, to travel from their homes to a said city. Um, and it does increase significantly the risk of, risk of COVID-19. So trust me, that's not a scenario that uh, the NFL and these broadcast networks want. But the, the ones that are smart, they're thinking about this already because you're going to have to at least have a plan in the event that happens. One last NFL question. ESPN, which has just one NFL game to broadcast every single week, haven't made official their Monday night broadcast team, so we don't know where they're broadcasting from. We don't even know who they are. I saw your prediction column in The Athletic about some fun rest-of-the-year 2020 pandemic sports broadcasting predictions. You've got Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. Is that what I remember? (laughs) That's very good. It's going to be Jody McDonald and TBD. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, that's my prediction is that they're ultimately going to uh, go in house. And I think at this point, uh, Steve Levy, unless something unforeseen happens is pretty much their choice. And then the thought was to put, put Steve Levy with someone like Brian Greasy or Dan Orlovsky. Uh, he's worked with Greasy. If you remember prior to this, including last year's Monday night football game, it's not necessarily a booth that's going to blow you away with star power, but they're both under contract. They're both going to be professional and they need to figure out what to do. The only caveat here is this. And whether this is a good idea or not, I think this is a really interesting kind of debate. The caveat is if college football does not happen, Jody, or if college football gets delayed, I do think ESPN would put Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit in the Monday Night Football booth to try to get a little sizzle. Now, certainly those two guys are much more well-known than Greasy and Levy, and they have the star power from college football. But it is a different sport. And, you know, Herb Street and Fowler, obviously, they'll, pre- they'll prep. They'll do a professional job. But it's a different sport. And, you know, I think it would – I don't think that's a slam dunk necessarily move even for the year because they're n- – neither of those guys have been in NFL production meetings. They're not part of the NFL. They don't talk about the NFL on a daily basis. So, you know, that carries some risk, but it would be a – you know, to use the sort of television term, their Q rating would be a lot higher than Levy and Greasy. I would expect that decision to come very soon. And then my last sort of prediction, Joni, again, this ain't, this ain't a genius prediction. <laughs> I don't think Steve Levy and Brian Greasy are long for earth in terms of the longtime Monday Night Football television team. I think once again, ESPN, particularly as it tries to re-sign uh, it's uh, it's NFL rights deals, you know, along with all these other networks. I think they're going to continue to try to search for big names on both the play-by-play side as well as the analyst side because I think that they believe that makes their network far more attractive to the NFL, and their goal has always been to try to get a better package, and their goal has always been to try to get into the Super Bowl rotation. And they believe, whether it's correct or not, that the NFL – um, would give that more possibility if they had some stars on the play-by-play side and the analyst side. One and done for my buddy Steve Levy. I'll make sure I tell him that the next time I tell yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, too, because I actually think 
you know, I've, I've written this probably now for a decade. I wish more networks, and I, I certainly put ESPN up here. I wish more networks, Jody, would make decisions based on just sort of the quality of the performance, the meritocracy of the performance, as opposed to the, the, the next star coming in. Obviously, Romo was a slam dunk, can't miss. But, you know, for every Tony Romo, Jody, there's Ray Lewis's and there's Emmett Smith's and there's just guys who miss, even though That's they were true. incredible credible athletes. And, you know, this is one of the reasons I've always liked Lewis Riddick. He was a, you know, he was a, 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 a an NFL player who you probably had not heard of who played seven years, then he became a personnel director for the Eagles and other places. And I think he's ESPN's best NFL voice right now. And that's a guy who just basically earned it by grinding. He was no NFL star. So that's one I, I always wish broadcasters sort of would like. I wish they would take a chance sometimes on somebody who's not so famous but could be great on the air and then work it on, work the back way. You know, do you earn your marketing dollars as opposed to bringing in a Magic Johnson who's already an automatic name that people know but might not necessarily be the best broadcast. And then Kenny Smith is as good as any of the other bigger names on TNT, and I certainly think he falls into that category. So you and I are on the same page. Um, Last question. I'm going to make you put your talk radio show host uh, uh, cap on and take your media critic cap off. You've done it. I've done it. All our cohorts have done it over the last three months. We've had to create content. Because there just haven't been games to talk about, so it's been a lot of review and debate of sports history, non-sports topics. Uh, We're going to get sports back here. Who knows how long, but at some point, NBA, NHL, NFL are going to come back, maybe college football, so on and so forth. Where does it go? Do, do the things we've been doing the last three months stay as part of the daily routine? Do you just push them aside and say, all right, back to the nuts and bolts as we always did it? How do you think sports talk radio is going to change in the next several months? It's a great question. Honestly, the answer is just your own individual ethos in terms of, um, in terms of what you think is interesting on a show. One of the reasons I came to Toronto and for the station that I work at up here, Sportsnet uh, 590, is that um, it's a different kind of sports station. One, we have much longer uh, segments than American um, sports segments. You know, sometimes we'll go 18 to 21 minutes on a topic. It's not debate-oriented. No, no, no one has to be a winner or a loser in terms of a segment. So I think for us, we'll continue um, to discuss, in addition to like how the Leafs are doing and how the Raptors are doing and how the Blue Jays are doing, we'll certainly be talking about the nexus of COVID-19 in sports. And the other thing, Jordan, I can guarantee what we'll be doing is we will certainly be talking about how um, how race and Black Lives Matter and athlete activism continues to play up um, as the sports go on. That's one I can guarantee we'll do. I'm, I'm not saying every other show will do that, and I'm sure most shows will not do that. But to me, that is going to be such a major issue uh when it comes to the return of sports, the NBA is basically using that as a way to essentially, Jody, as you know, convince the players to play, by basically saying you're going to have this forum, the spotlight to do this. And maybe the most interesting one is you have seen NFL players already said coming out saying, we're going to kneel, you know, we're going to, we're going to speak our truths. That's not just players of color, Jody, that's white quarterbacks as well. Who've said that. So to me, I don't know how, if you're doing sports talk and trying to do it, honestly, you don't address that and you don't approach that. And obviously, you know, within that framework, you talk about like, you know, is this the Bills year to sort of, you know, finally get very deep in the playoffs or, you know, Lakers Clippers, is that going to be the NBA finals? You know, I heard your, uh, one of your calls before, you know, Mookie Betts 
<laughs> that trade going to pay off for the Dodgers, or is it going to be just a crazy 60-day deal? So all that stuff is fun, and I quite frankly can't wait to talk about that stuff. But I can tell you we're going to talk about the other stuff, too. I, I Personally, to me, and this is just my own personal opinion, I think it's a dereliction of sort of editorial duty if you don't talk about the other stuff now, just because the United States of America has just sort of changed immeasurably in the last couple of months. I, I don't know how you can just avoid that just because sports return. I've been doing three-plus months of combo shows, and I expect to continue to do combo shows when we get sports back on a more permanent basis. I agree with you. Richard, always a pleasure. Your insight is always top drawer. Thank you much for hopping on with us tonight. We'll talk to you again, uh, like I say, uh, next season, uh, about three months down the road. So be on the lookout for my call. Yeah, Joe, when the, when the leaves start turning, I'll look for your call again. Always exactly, great to exactly right. That is Richard Deitch, uh, media critic for the Athletic Sports Talk Show host on 590 The Fan up in Toronto. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.